Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to GLE. Today is a beautiful day here in Houston. And I have the privilege of interviewing the best of the three Swanson brothers. We uh, refer to our older brother as Batman of the family. He's the Bruce Wayne. I am definitely Commissioner Gordon. And James is the white knight himself, Harvey Dent. Here with me today is my youngest brother, my only little brother, who's not that little, James Swanson. James. Welcome to the show, man. Phil, thanks a lot. It's an honor to be here. You're talking me up a lot. I hope I can live up to the hype. Hey, man. So <laughs> let's go back to when you were born and kind of the story of how you came to be. I'd, I'd like you to tell it from your point of view, and, oh, and I'll correct you on what really happened. Okay. So from what I've heard from our mom, um, let's, so I was kind of the the surprise, as it were. I came you know, 10 years later than you, but, uh, you know, they had suspected some issues with the pregnancy and everything. So there were a bunch of specialists in the room when I was born. And, and, you know, as soon as I came out, you know, thankfully everything was all right. And so there was just a mass exodus of specialists leaving the hospital room. (laughs) And here we are 21 years later. (laughs) Yeah. So my parents, you know, they thought they were done with kids. And in 10 years after I was around, surprise, surprise, another child comes to the family. And honestly, James, you've been a real unifying force in our family. It's been cool to have you as a little brother and just kind of see the difference between closer in age siblings like Steve and I, and then also siblings that maybe are almost operating like an only child. You know, you see it in other families too, where they have large gaps between kids, you know, that they're very independent. And like our cousins, for example, they're all close in age. So they're all like friends and and, yeah. and real close. Right. So, um, so you, you skipped a lot from your birth to now. So let's go back and try to catch up. So right now, James is a senior at Texas A&M, just killing it. Gig'em Aggies. Gig'em. And I love the culture there. I know he does too. Um, very, very cool that you have the opportunity to, to go there and learn there. So how did we get to that point? What, what all is your life yeah. like that got you to be in where you are at Texas A&M today? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, starting as a child, it, it was like I was an only child because by the time I was, let's see, by the time I was eight, you know, you and Steve were both off at college. So it was just me in the house. Um, but we moved around quite a bit and I changed schools quite a bit. I think I, I was in eight different schools um, until college. So 
I had, you know, different, very different grade school experiences all across the country. But, uh, you know, I, I always enjoyed school. I enjoyed maths and sciences, um, similarly to, to you and Steven. Um, but just, you know, really enjoyed it and, and tried to do all I could. And when I got to middle school and around sixth grade, I started playing football um, and I had already started playing baseball and basketball by then. So going through high school, um, you know, as a three sport athlete for the start of high school. And then I, I switched to just football and track towards the end, but uh, really enjoyed it. And when it came time to decide colleges, uh, I knew I wanted to kind of follow in the, the family footsteps and, and do engineering like you and Steven and our father. Um, but I liked chemistry too much. Uh, and my chemistry teacher in high school convinced me that the fact that I liked chemistry uh, was, was too you know, big of a coincidence. So I, I had to think about doing chemical engineering. Um, and I, I credit Dr. O with inspiring me to, to do chemical engineering. So I chose Texas A&M because it was close to home. I didn't really want to be too far away from home. And I definitely did not want to leave the South um, to go to school. So I went with Texas A&M. I had visited a couple times and been to football games and just loved the tradition. So I chose Texas A&M. I had been, you know, involved in a lot of things in high school, different organizations, National Honor Society, sports, choir. I was really big into choir in high school. And so I didn't really want to stop that kind of organizational involvement because that's, that's really what got me through school. It had always been what got me through school. You know, I can, I can tolerate the classroom. It's the fun stuff after the bell rings that really motivates me. And, and so up at school, you know, I've also been very involved in the engineering council, the kind of student government organization up at A&M. Um, and I, I ran their career fair, which happens to be the largest student-run career fair in the world. And I ran that for a year and had a great team to help and, and a lot of great mentors to guide me. And that was a wonderful experience and I, probably one of the best things I've ever done in my life. So and, let's, let's pause there because sure. that's a super cool highlight of your experience. And we just covered a lot throughout that, your story. You mentioned at one point you had Dr. O in your life, this, yeah. this mentor that helped you maybe see something that you were good at, one of your skills. And, sure. you know, I think, and I have another mentor that talks about accountability is really taking account of your ability. And hmm. that really resonated with me. I just heard it on a, on a call the other day. I really like that. And it's something I've had multiple mentors say to me in different ways. I've had a, another mentor in my life tell me that, you know, really having true integrity is being able to accurately assess your abilities and your skills. And I, I love how you had that mentor in your life and, and you really, really took it to heart. You know, you really received that advice of, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe this individual is right. He kind of helped set that vision in your life of, you know, maybe I do need to pursue engineering in a different capacity than I was thinking originally. Definitely one of the more pivotal moments in my life is when I when I took that to heart and respected that mentor-mentee relationship I had with them and just kind of, you know what, maybe you're right. And I, I looked into it and I came to college and I, I, you know, especially at the start, I really enjoyed it. It's a little more difficult now that I'm a senior, but- <laughs> Joke's um, on you, bro. No, I, starting off especially, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, the chemistry degree, for all you listeners out there who may not know engineering, is one of the harder disciplines. You know, chemi, electrical, to each his own, right? But um, 
there's definitely disciplines that are harder than others for sure. By the way, we have a surprise guest on the show, Moose Swanson. James's nephew he's, uh, is on the show today. For those of you just listening, he's sitting next to me panting up a storm, but those on the video might be able to say hi. <laughs> he's over here. Yeah, he's, Moose has actually been my camera camera dog since the start of GLE. Not many know that, <laughs> but uh, he's he's been behind the scenes making all the magic happen, so oh, yeah. lots of credit going to Moose. But, Great for moral support. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. So talk about this career fair you led. I mean, leading the largest career fair in the world. Give some scale to what that was like and what you learned through that process. Because I know that had to challenge you just organizing an event of that magnitude. I don't know. Did you have experience organizing events before? Or was this really the first time? So I I had experience within that specific fair uh, from when I joined the organization. So I was I was one of the coordinators. There's a, a team of 15 coordinators that work under two chairs um, that manage the entire fair. And then on the day of, we have almost 200 volunteers and employees of AM that help us actually facilitate the thing. Um, and so I did have experience on the committee, kind of general knowledge of how it operated. Um, and then, you know, I just, I really fell in love with it. And I mean, they talk about the Aggie Network, those of you probably more so in the South, you'd be familiar with this terminology, the Aggie Network. Um, but it, it really is a powerful thing to behold. Um, and that career fair is one of the most tangible ways to actually witness it. And you know, like I said, I fell in love and I applied to be one of the chairs of the fair. Um, and I, I, they reviewed my application and I interviewed and I was fortunate enough to, to be selected as a chair. Um, but to provide that scale, so we have, I think, almost 15,000 unique students that come through the fair every year. So that, that doesn't, or that takes into consideration, you know, people that go to both days of the fair sure. um, instead of just one day. So 15 to 20,000 unique students. And then um, annually we have about 800 companies come through. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, it's a huge undertaking and it, it takes a huge team to do it. And I was very fortunate to have a, a great mentor in my first semester in the position. Um, her name's Allison and she taught me a lot. And then my second semester, um, a new co-chair came in under me and Blake was a, you know, a great mentee to me. And we really formed a great friendship and, and had a lot of fun working together. So very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So you've been a part of many teams. It sounds like, you know, you're constantly leveraging people and, and leveraging your relationships. And you mentioned that network, that powerful Aggie network. That's something that I had really neglected when I think back to my college days, you know, and, and there's different schools and, different levels of school spirit. And, and as I've gotten older, I've realized that, that, and everyone says it's all about who you know, right? But it, it's really resonating with me more and more these days, how powerful your network is. Yeah. I'm curious, are there individuals in your network where you actively seek out mentorship or like with the Dr. O thing, is it, has it been a sort of a, an accidental association or, or do you have purposeful seeking out of mentorship that you do? Yeah, no, great question. I I absolutely have individuals that I, I seek out active mentorship under. Um, I think a great example would be the last couple summers uh, in my internships. You know, I, I got an opportunity to work very closely with my supervisors for both internship terms that I, I had at the company I worked for. And, 
I think it really taught me the importance of the time you spend off the clock at work, especially with those people that you're you're seeking mentorship from, because um, that's really you know when you're working in meetings, you're working towards a specific business objective, but when when you're not, you know, it's kind of the off the clock time. You can really learn more generally about other wisdom kind of nuggets of, of wisdom that they have for you to, to share. And so definitely, I think I've, I've saw mentorship from a lot of individuals, that being one example, and different professors at school and different, you know, leaders of mine and organizations also. Sure. I've, I've definitely tried to seek relationships with. Yeah, when I was struggling with some classes in, in university back in the day, in college, I say university for my Canadian compadres, but in college, you know, going and just spending time with your professors at their office hours, asking them questions, showing people that you're engaged can be such an invaluable thing to do. Are there lessons that you have taken from your time in college that have really helped you throughout your time there? Or or maybe you can think back and go, you know, it would have made my life a lot easier if I'd have just done this and this and this for maybe some of the listeners that are about to pursue college. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing I've learned in recent months that I wish I had known earlier in my college career, savor the moments when you're not studying more than the moments when you are studying. I think when I got to college, I really focused hard on, you know, my GPA needs to be this. I need to be involved in this and this and this. And don't get me wrong, success is very important, especially if you're competing for, you know, your dream internship or job, things like that. You really want a a strong start to your career out of college, which I did. I had to make a lot of sacrifices of of the time out of the classroom because I spent it studying or working or doing stuff like that. So I think uh, the advice I would say is it's okay to to fail. It's okay to not you know get A's on those tests. But you know that network you build, those friends you have in college that are gonna stay with you for years down the road. It's really important to savor and appreciate those moments. So I was listening the other day to Brad Lee's podcast, the Dropping Bombs podcast. He Love really Bradley. likes when people share out his podcast and I get a kick out of it. So I enjoy sharing it with people. But um, he was talking about how he didn't go to college and or didn't have a degree. He's a college dropout. And then then he had some bachelor's degrees and master's degrees and Emmys and you know all these different degrees. And now they work for him. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yep. You know, it's just interesting to to think that you got all these people just busting to get all these super high grades and they end up working for the B people and the B people and the A people both end up working for the C and D and drop out of school completely people. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, you know, that mold of our education system doesn't really fit the entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurial mind very well you know, as someone who's performed so well, right? Like you, you have just absolutely gone above and beyond what my brother Steven and I could ever do school wise. Is that something that always came easy to you or did, did you really have to work for it? So I didn't, I didn't really have to work super hard for it until college. High school came pretty naturally. And, you know, I just enjoyed it, but getting to college, you know, pursuing a, a chemistry degree, I definitely had some, some times where I really had to work hard to perform well, but, you know, looking back, I almost, you know, as I kind of mentioned in the, in the last little snippet we talked about is I wish I had kind of slowed down at the, the start of college, especially savored those moments and, and built those relationships more so. And don't get me wrong, I have, I have great 
relationships that I've built in college and great friends that I mm-hmm. do anything for. But that that's the really important part of college that I feel like I almost overlooked. So all you college students out there or parents that are about to send your kids off to college, tell them, yeah, you can have some fun or whatever. And yeah, you need to go get, if you're going to go, you better get a degree. Otherwise don't waste your money and just go live there and hang out with people. But it's really about building those relationships with people. You got to build relationships with people everywhere you go and, you know, get out of your own way and get out of that selfish sort of worldview where you put your head down and you live in your own world all day and get out there and talk to some people, go meet some people and build relationships. You never know who you're going to meet and what they do and how you can help them or maybe how they can help you. Absolutely. Recently engaged. (laughs) Yes. My 21 year old brother engaged to be married. Oh man. It's quite, quite a different path than, than Steven and I took. We, we definitely waited until a little bit later, but we're super happy for you and Ray and super thrilled to have another sister in the family, which, you know, for three boys, who never had a sister, you know, having all these girls in the family is kind of fun for us now, but talk about how your life is changing now that you're about to graduate. You got a job lined up. You're about to get married. You know, what, what types of insecurities are you dealing with right now as you're, you know, embarking into grown up hood? Yeah. So the, Biggest thing I think I'll talk about was a few months ago uh, and I was coming out of my internship and, you know, kind of not to be, you know, cocky, but I thought of myself as a shoe in for a full time offer Um, at this company. I had performed really well and driven a lot of value for them um, in my months there. And then the pandemic happened and there were no spots. No one got hired. That company had, you know, thousands of interns. No one got a job. And I just, I, I mean, it was like a, a breakdown to come to Jesus moment almost. It was just like, what am I going to do? You know, I've spent all of my free time professionally networking within this company. And now it's, now there's no opportunity. And it's like, oh my gosh. So at the start of this semester, I wasn't running career fair anymore. Um, so I got to go and, you know, spend as much time there as I wanted. Um, so I talked to dozens of companies. I applied to probably 50 positions, um, just all of my free time. I, I pretty much took two weeks off of school, um, cause all my classes were online. I could watch them whenever I want. So I was like, you know what, I'll catch up later. If I'm going to, going to propose to the love of my life, I need to have a job in the bag. And so that was a huge insecurity. It really rocked me and really motivated me to act and was very productive in applying for jobs and doing all that. Um, And out of those 50 positions, I got probably 10 interviews, probably five second round interviews, and then one offer. And the offer I got started as a pipe dream. Uh, It was a, a consulting company that does technology consulting. I always thought it sounded really interesting. And you know, I knew that was a great company to work for. I had no experience with that company. I had no internships in consulting. I was like, you know what, I'll apply. My friends that work there really like it. So I thought I'd do it. And, and that was my one offer, you know, I, and I, such a blessing. I love, love, love that story, James, because when I was getting out of school myself, I had a similar experience. I probably didn't apply to 50 schools, but or 50 
companies, but I was applying to, you know, just about every big, the major reputable companies I could think of or knew anyone at. And I ended up having several job offers out of school, but it was, it was interesting that I actually didn't get one from any of the companies that didn't know me or I didn't know someone there. The only job offers that I had were from companies where I knew someone or like I had handed someone a resume yeah. or I had talked to someone and they told me, Hey, you should apply for this job. Mm-hmm. Those were the only companies I had offers. And you said you applied to 50 and, and just got one out yeah. of 10 interviews. As and well. so, yeah. And the crazy, so my story is kind of the opposite. You know, I running the career fair, I had a lot of connections to recruiters and None of, the, none of those came through. It, it was just an act of God. I, I applied to an a online posting. It goes to show you, again, going back to networking, you never know what it's going to be. It, it may be someone you barely know or someone, some company that doesn't even know you and you reach out to them and now you have a connection that's life-changing for you. So keep that in mind as you're building your network. You know, we're, we're building the network of leaders here at GLE. And I think about 2020, the people I've had on the show, obviously I got some cool guests like my brother here, my other brother and and uh, other folks in my family to share with you because they've been such a big part of my life. I want to share them with the world. But I just think it's been so incredible to see how just meeting people and learning from people and hearing what they're doing and sharing them with the world has not only impacted me, but impacted them and impacted others all over the place. So James, I'm Really, really excited for you and Ray as you're preparing for marriage. What's on your mind as uh, you know you think about going and and starting a life with someone? That's a that's yeah. a huge step, you know, especially from you know from a faith perspective. We're both men of faith, and absolutely, you know, how has your faith played a role in your life, and and how does it as you're preparing for your married life? Faith has been a huge part of my life since as long as I can remember, you know, we were always a church going family every week and Sunday school. And I just think, uh, I think when those insecurities come is when faith plays the the biggest role. And I know Steve talked about that too, which is really cool that I think our, our family kind of shares that, especially that we rely on our faith in those, those moments of trial. No, it's been a, a huge part of my life and meeting Ray. And when we started dating, you know, even after the the first date, I was just so impressed. I was like, Oh my goodness, you know, her, her views on family, her views on faith, her values, what she wants out of life, what kind of lifestyle she wants, just we're so aligned. Um, And it was really incredible. And we became best friends really fast. And now looking into all this, this change and new things happening, you know, getting married, uh, moving, you know, to our own place, starting jobs, she'll be going to nursing school, and then looking for a hospital to work at in, in Houston, hopefully huge moments of trial moving um, fast and, yeah and and both of us have really looked to our faith and relied on each other through that it's only pushed us together it's not uh it's not causing any conflict for us it's great what i love about it is those are the those are the good problems to have mm-hmm. right and they're not problems right they're, they're great blessings and uh it's easy to get overwhelmed with all the blessings in your life isn't yeah. that funny yeah so is. you know i think back to when i was 21 <laughs> and all you Wayne State baseball guys and you know people who knew me back then know I was probably not ready to be married at that time. So God's God's timing is perfect. It is right. And yeah, we we just recognized that we were ready. You know, it's I was ready to settle down. I'm not doing anything crazy. Sure. I like a I like a chill. I do find it interesting though. You know, being the only child, always hanging out with grown ups. 
you've always been extremely mature. And now you're starting the maturity train like 10 years earlier than we did. <laughs> so it's just an interesting timing perspective, how that's worked out. I don't know if you ever thought about that. It is. Uh, no, I, I have. It is, it is really weird. There's definitely a contrast that I've noticed between me and, and some people I see my age. Luckily, my friends you know, at school, they're all very mature as well. Great values, very strong. Strong people, confident people that mm -hmm. I respect greatly. But yeah, I mean, in the college sphere, you can definitely see like, oh, well, you know, they're a child. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, it's just you see that you see that in the professional sphere too. You do. Yeah, <laughs> that's just people. And and I'll share another story. I may have shared it with this group before. I remember being at Wayne, and you know, to that to that point you're hanging out with all sorts of different types of people in various stages of maturity and, and we're all growing and doing different things with different priorities. And, um, I just remember that, you know, you'd have to rally people up and go do things. And I remember being like, man, I can't wait till I get to the, the real world professional job. And, you know, everyone's going to always reply to emails and be on time and, and all those things. And you get to the real world and people are just people everywhere you go, yep. you know, and you, you got to love them. You got to serve them. And, it's interesting how all that works out. So James, we touched a little bit on you being so much, you, you know, younger, but hanging out with all these grownups, right? Cause you were, yeah. you were 10 years younger than I was. And so, you know, by the time you were eight, you're hanging out with college age folks, you know, how is, how has that had an impact on your development and, and maturity and uh, just how has that impacted you? Definitely. Yeah. So I, I think just growing up and having, two older brothers in college. I mean, when, even when I, as early as I can remember, you and Steve were like gods to me almost, you know, lowercase g of course, but it's just like, these guys are so put together. They're multi-sport athletes. All their friends love them. They're always doing something. They're going to college. They're doing well. Um, it just really put me in the mindset of, you know, I want to emulate that. That's great. And I was so proud of, especially you and Steve. Um, and just in my transitions through life into high school, I knew what I wanted to look like and be like. Um, and I think it just, it really pushed me out of my comfort zone to aspire to things. And I, I definitely made them my own. You know, I had, I had unique circumstances for where I went to high school versus where you went to high school. You know, I went to a much smaller school with, you know, less intense athletics programs. And so I got the opportunities to really deeply explore music and, and other things like that. And then going off to college, you know, I wasn't a collegiate athlete. So then it's like, okay, now what do I do? And I really got a chance to, to reinvent myself and, and become, you know, my own kind of version of what I had in my head from when I was a kid. Um, but, you know, always in the back of my mind, I, I thought of my mentors and kind of what would they do in this situation and, and how can I, push myself to, to be better and be a mentor to, to those coming after me. I love that, man. I, I have been harping on this lately, but I got to do it again because as I think about being an engineer and you know, you've done that same sort of path thinking about you hanging out with older people and, and that advancing your maturity growing up, it's just so important and you hear it and I, I want my audience to hear it you are the product of the five people you're closest to in your life. Yeah. And if you are hanging around the same people and, and that's not a bad thing, I'm not saying it as a bad thing. I'm just saying, if you, you know, if you want to learn more, do more, aspire to more, 
do different things, you need to purposefully seek out people that are doing and living the lifestyle that you want. And, you know, that's just so important. And um, I just love how you can, it's just amazing how clearly you can see that in people's lives like yours and how you've matured. And then I love also how you reinvented yourself because, you know, for being athletes, you got an awesome stud athletic little brother and you're like, man, yeah, here's my opportunity to coach and I'm going to make him like the best darn athlete in the history of the planet. And James wanted to do other things with his life, you know, he and, and was absolutely incredible from a vocal perspective, has done some incredible things with music and now, you know, in academics, leading programs and things well beyond my brother and I ever did, you know, just love how you reinvented yourself and, and really formed your own path. Well, thank you. That's awesome, man. And yeah, I just, uh, I think my journey really just speaks to, you know, and I think I'll leave your audience with this too, is just, if you reach out to someone and just say, Hey, I, I would love to be mentored by you, or I, I would love to, to sit down with you, grab some coffee and just hear your perspective on life or on family or on your career. I think that'll, that'll take you miles and, and really generate some great relationships for you. And I, I really appreciate the people that have sat down with me and done that with me and, and really motivated me and inspired me to, to do more and to do what I'm interested in and passionate about. You know, a really great way to do that. Start a podcast. True. <laughs> I tell you what, James, the last question, I know you left him with that. I, I, Love that. I, I give you an opportunity to leave them with something else. It's the question I've been asking all my guests lately with technology these days. Who knows who will see these things into the future? If you were going to leave the next several generations with one to three tidbits of knowledge from your 21 lengthy years of experience, what would you leave our audience with today? I'd say the first is make that time to keep your faith strong as heck and just, you know, keep it, keep it to the point where you trust God enough that you can weather every storm. And, and that's really important. It'll do wonders for you and for your anxieties going through life and, and big transitions. I think the second is let your anxieties motivate you into action. Don't be consumed by your worries. Just sit down and make a plan to conquer your worries. James, my brother, I love you, sir. You are an awesome blessing on my life. I'm thrilled that I could have you on the show and share you with the GLE network. Love you too. Bro. If people want to find you, where can they find you? So I'm on uh, Instagram and, and Twitter at son of swan. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn, James Swanson. All right. Appreciate you coming on the show, James. Thank you for having me, Phil. I love you. Love you, brother. If you think someone would benefit from hearing this episode or any of this content, please share it and send them over to GoLeadEverything.com to learn more. It has been amazing to hear about all the individuals who listen to and are getting value from the content here at GLE. Thank you for your support. You are the reason we do what we do. See you next time. Go Lead.